Welcome everybody. It's your girl Stacey Williams with Listen, Talk to Me. Today I have a very special guest, my girl Sheree Brewer, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself even though I just gave you her name. Come on Sheree, tell us about yourself real quick. Okay, again, my name is Sheree Brewer. Um, I've been here since probably 94 and I've been a part of the body for a long time. Um, as a Christian, as a single mother, um, a child of divorce, you know, I felt it was important that we come and have this conversation. Nice. With my lovely sister. <laughs> <laughs> so as my dear sister Cherie just stated, that's our topic today. Listen, talk to me about divorce. And divorce is such a, a topic that needs to be discussed, Shereen, because 50% of marriages end in divorce or separation. But the part that also interests me is the rate of marriage is declining faster than the rate of divorce. Also, researchers estimate that 41% of all marriages end in divorce. It's not looking good, sis, but I do know all things are possible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we are going to talk about the product of divorce because many times that word can be used very loosely for how that person is feeling, what that person is pursuing themselves, because there is this, um, this, this movement of, you know, you deserve happiness. Life is short, you deserve to be happy. So there are a lot of people that will pursue happiness and that will include, hey, I no longer wanna be in this divorce and no one, and I won't say no one, um, but maybe some of our listeners today do not take into consideration the children. So Cherie, tell us about your experience as far as being a child of divorce. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, I was 18 or 19 when my parents divorced. So the contention was more so the, the marriage than the divorce because the marriage itself um, was not built on godly principles. Okay. So the experience itself had um, some abuse components to it that carried throughout my relationships later in life. So I'm not certain that the divorce itself was what was uh, more damaging to me than the, the witness of a marriage that wasn't godly. And I think at certain points, um, they tried to reconcile it, but they were not on one accord. So, you know, when one person is, you know, cleaning up their life and the other person wants to keep one foot in the world, that's pretty much the dance that was happening in our household. And that's what we were witnessing. Gotcha. Oh man, you, you just bring or hit on uh, a major, um, 
another component of divorce is again the groundwork of the marriage because marriage takes work um and to know that again one is fighting for the marriage and the other uh not to say that they are not fighting for the marriage but it, they're more consumed with worldly principles versus godly principles is definitely uh, a component of uh disaster because how can two walk together unless they agree um how in knowing that do you feel the importance of um how people will tell us you need to be evenly yoked. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can see that that is important. That is um, paramount in a relationship. You know, I know that um, people have different views about what's going on in this country. And as far as, you know, whether the man should be the head of the household or it should be this equal connection, you know, in any event, if everyone is playing their part, playing their position within the marriage, however it is covenanted or agreed to, then it will work. But if they there's a disconnect or there is dissension, it's not going to work. You can't have a firm foundation when you are wavering in your belief, in your system, in your situation. Yeah. I, I love that we're talking about this because even as a child myself, I always would hear that, but I'll be honest, I still pursued relationships that were not evenly yoked. Um, and, and now that I'm more mature and older, I see the importance of doing it the right way. Uh, because it saves you the heartache of what you're saying. If I find it important um, to uh, build and work on my faith, my relationship with the Lord, and the other one is like, you know what, we need to be partying. Uh, we need to be going elsewhere when you're always running into the house of the Lord. It does cause a dissension. It does cause an area of frustration of two people knocking their heads in no agreement. And it can ruin a marriage. But I do believe what the word tells us that a, a, a godly woman's conduct can win an unbeliever's uh, heart to Christ. But um, abuse in other situations is definitely one thing that um, is not to be tolerated. God is a delivering God. Um, but if that heart is not yielding to that deliverance, then again, um, one is not to be subjected to such, uh, you know, abuse. Um, so um, I, I love that you're talking about, um, it's very important that we are to be evenly yoked. And just so that our listeners understand, well, what is evenly yoked? What are we all talking about? Eggs over easy, sunny side up, like what in the world? Because um, I never want to assume that um, my listeners are, are even aware of, uh, you know, the word of God or uh, the truth of the matter. And I, I want everyone to listen up as well as I'm listening to you as well. Um, but we're going to do better in our relationships to help one another. And that's what I want to do. I want to help my listeners to understand that when I'm referring to and when my dear sister Cherie is saying evenly yoked, we're saying that I'm a Christian and the person that I'm in a relationship with is a Christian as well. No light has anything to do with darkness. So unbelieving in a believer, uh, there should be no type of relation because again, we're not agreeing on the same thing. 
Um, so we're not like-minded. We're not evenly connected on the same journey. We're not even going in the same direction. So how can the two walk together unless they agree on the same? Uh, so are we all on the same level in our journey, in our walk of faith? No, but the, the main or the real important point of it all is, do you have a heart for God? And I have a heart for God. And you want to please God's heart as I want to please God, God's heart. No one's perfect, but at least we have a heart to say we want to please God. And God is a part of the relationship. Leave me. It can be done in Christ Jesus. It can be co covered. It, it's a covenant. Just at a, as a, at a marriage or at a wedding, there we go. Uh, we say the two shall become one. God is a part of that relationship. He's bringing two people together as one. So it's very important to understand what are you joining together? What are you taking? Um, what are you getting rid of? And what are you beholding? So as women, we're to drop our maiden name and take on the name of the man we are marrying. If that is not, if your future is not better than what you have, there's no reason to even have that matrimony. So that's another topic for another day. But um, as we go forward, my sister Shereen, in regards of your point of saying the foundation was not uh, correct and that was more damaging than the divorce. Do you believe that the divorce um, helped you? Not only helped the two parents, but helped you? Were you relieved? Because to be 18, you're more aware um, of the situation. And I do believe that younger kids are aware too, but as far as understanding, this is what's best for the two of them. Um. I don't know how to answer that because a part of me felt relieved. Part of me wondered what took them so long, mm -hmm. you know, but another part of me was like, well, um, this divorce prevented me from wanting to get married to get divorced because I didn't want to repeat the same thing, but the same cycle within the marriage, as I was saying before, was replaying itself out in the relationships that I took part in. Mm. So, you know, to say that I was happy that it happened, I, I can't, I can't say that. I know that um, there are people that make those situations work after the fact, but is that healthy? You know, I, I can't say, and I can't say a, a conscience could be a guide to that. I, you know, um, because your conscience has already been seared by what you've already witnessed. Mm. So you've made a, a point of, I'm not sure what took them so long, right? But then in your relationships, well, because because of the abuse itself, like in the abusive relationship that I was in, okay, um, why didn't you leave the first time he hit you? Mm -hmm. Um, why didn't my mother leave the first time 
mm-hmm. my father touched her. Mm-hmm. Well, because he only hit her one time that I know of. Gotcha. Throughout their marriage, but they were married for 20 years. And if it happened one time when we lived in Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, it's a possibility that this person would not hit me again. But that was not my experience. Okay. Um, the words were what made the um, the elements of the, re- the relationship so hurtful. You know, the words after the touching. I'd rather someone hit me than to say the things that were said to me and wow. to my mother as we were in the household. You know, so. Right, because there's physical abuse and then there's mental abuse. Um, it doesn't have to just be in a form of one, uh, right. one way. Abuse is abuse. Um, you, you're really touching on some some deep topics that most people shy away from and don't really want to talk about. So even right now, if there's a listener that is going through something that you just shared, what could you encourage them with right now? You need help? Um, you need guidance through that help. So yes, I encourage anyone that may be suffering to seek our savior. You also need guidance. You need therapy um, to work through those issues that are individual to you and to help you open up your horizon to what your life could be like if you reprogrammed your mind, renewed your mind. Yeah. But you, um, need, you need more than one. You, I, I can't say, well, you should just get a therapist and rely on them and let, no. That, that's not all. Um, you do need your savior. You do need um, deliverance. You do, there are helplines that yeah. can help you get out of those situations. And not everyone's experience is the same. Right. You may go through a situation and decide, well, I don't want to leave my marriage or my relationship. I want to stay there. You can still seek assistance to make yourself stronger so that you're making good decisions for yourself and for your children. Good, Cherie. Um, You're right. Not everyone's experience is the same. Not everyone needs to seek um, the same type of assistance um, where one can get the help they need through prayer or another might need to not only pray, but seek uh, counsel from their pastor and first lady or someone else would need all three therapists seeking uh, their, uh, you know, godly advice from their pastor, first lady and prayer. Um, But the thing is help. You need help. And there is help, praise God. Um, so support is key. Um, I remember attending a meeting about abuse um, and something was touched on that I never really thought about because Cherie, there's many times that when our loved ones are going through abuse and other people looking in from the outside in are quick to say, why don't you just leave? And something was said at that meeting that I was like, wow, never thought about this. Sometimes 
the victim is trying to protect their loved ones. So they rather take the abuse versus leaving and staying with a family member and having that person who is abusing them subject that abuse on their loved ones. Uh, so this even, is true. yeah, my, my heart goes out to anyone that is experiencing any type of abuse. But again, I have to go back to please get help. Do not stay in the situation. Get help. However, that help needs to come. I have seen where people have written notes to their uh, waiter or waitress at a diner. I have seen where people have written notes at their job or sent uh, an anonymous emails, but somehow they were able to trace it back to the computer of the person who sent it because they felt like uh, that person was somehow listening to their phone calls, somehow tapping into uh, just everything they did. But they were able to have that courage to muster up a little bit of strength to say, I'm going to just try this. So all I'm going to say is, again, get help because you never know what that person is capable of doing because I'm sure you did not know that person was even capable of putting their hands on you or you never would have entered into that relationship with them in the first place. There's also generational curses as my dear sister Cherie just alluded to. Cherie, what do, what can you share about generational curses to help someone else out to say, even though I may have seen that in my, uh, you know, childhood, I believe I don't even want to get married because it's going to be in my marriage. Can you help someone understand how that generational curse can be broken? Well, again, you know, it can be broken with the renewing of your mind. You have to rewire the way that you look at the world, the way that you look at yourself, the way that you look at the circumstances you're in. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do it by yourself. You can't stand on a soapbox and say that this will never happen again without doing a complete overhaul and makeover within you because you will continue to perpetuate that which you've seen, yeah. that which you have not even heard about, but is in you because grandma did it, daddy did it, mama did it, whatever. And you find yourself in a situation where it mirrors that and you don't even, you may not even have the frame of reference for it to have come to you. Yeah. So you need to do the work um, to free yourself from that bondage, from that sin, from that transgression, whatever it is that can trap you. Because mm -hmm. you can be trapped like a hamster in a wheel. Absolutely. So shacking up or uh, living with someone to test the waters, um, as we see researchers are saying that the rate of marriage is declining faster than the rate of divorce. Um, I, for one, um, am, not, am not for that. 
um, I do believe, again, um, my faith tells me that if I have gotten a confirmation from my Lord and Savior that this is the one, I don't have to sit there and see if we mesh. Um, the uh, justification, the uh, it all rests basically on my Lord and Savior. So the fact that he said, this is the one, you got to be at rest with that. The Lord said, this is the one that again, anytime we're in trouble or in need of advice, um, we go back to him. Uh, he's the one that's able to work on not only my spouse's heart, but my heart as well, because no one's perfect. Even though we're quick to say, you, 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 um, we need to start taking the time to really do a self-evaluation and say, Lord, is it me? Um, just like Cherie just said, sometimes we pick up in our childhood uh, ineffective ways, but yet in our minds, it's an effective way. The way we communicate with one another, you never really know how sharp your words are until that recipient communicates back to you like, why <laughs> do you have to come at me like that? And maybe all your life, that's the way you communicate it because mom and dad communicated, communicated that way. So that's all you know, but that doesn't make it right. All you know does not mean you're right all the time. Um, your childhood experience, it could be different than someone else's childhood experience. And yet these two childhood experiences are coming together. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Understanding needs to happen, uh, patience. Uh, and so we know Galatians tells us that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, long-suffering, and on and on and on. If you don't have that as your foundation, again, you're at war. And we are told that, again, we wrestle, wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? And if you're not aware of that truth, you're going to always think that the person you're in a relationship with is your enemy. And that is not true. All right? So Sheree, is there anything else that you would like to share even on that topic of someone just thinking, well, I won't get married and I'll just live with someone. I mean, even the world has even caught on to that. Oh, y'all just gonna shack up? Well, in the state of New Jersey, after seven years, we have the common law marriage. I don't know that New Jersey acknowledges that. Okay. But, um, there are certain states Right. I wouldn't shack up with anyone in North Carolina because I think six months is all you need there. <laughs> um, I could be wrong. You know, I know laws have been changing, but the last time I looked at it. So here you are trying to escape something that government is like, well, you are. Well, again, you know, we talked about divorce itself. And I had gotten into a conversation with my therapist about it. And he was like, you know, that marriage is a construct. You know, they didn't start getting married until, I don't know, 13 BC or 13 AD or whatever. So, you know, what makes you believe that that is even the way? Mm. I'm like, look. <laughs> what an opportunity. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've seen it play out. You know, you think that you can be so disconnected. And my father, he used to, he told me that um, I shouldn't get married when I was 15. 
You should never get married. May have had an impact on my decision, but more so the divorce. I don't want to get divorced, you know? Right. Because knowing knowing my situation, I'll end up paying someone alimony versus getting any. <laughs> you know, that's just seemed to be the thing. And I think it's wrong because it, it still opens up this evil thing that's in me, that, that I already know that's in me that says, you know, even when we had our, our round table a few years ago, you know, I one of my questions, I knew I was doomed then. I a man, should I marry him? Do I have to tell him how much money I have? Do you remember me saying that? I don't know. Do I have to tell him how much money I have? I mean He's going to find out how much money I make because if we do a fi- file a tax together or whatever, but yeah, you know, the love of money is the root of evil. And it's not even that I was loving money. It was just that I wanted to make sure I'm still taken care of should this thing blow up. Wow. <laughs> you know, a lot of I, women I talk about that. And it's, it's not right though, because if you are going into a marriage, you don't go into it with the end in sight, but because the end was so close, mm. the end of their marriage was so close to me having this conversation, that's all I could see. Wow. I couldn't jump in with this faith and belief. I had to make sure that I am taken care of and right. my son is taken care of, mm-hmm. you know, because those are the only two important things. Forget the person that I'm supposed to be you know, betrothing myself to, supposed to be honoring mm. and putting first and, and all those beautiful, wonderful, lovely things because I am in this situation, in this circumstance, I made, made choices to be with certain people because I did not see that as an end for me. It's marriage is even a possibility. And then, you know, but in those relationships, they kept coming to that conclusion because we're dealing with two people, not just one person and their, their comfort. You know, I was with a person for five years and we maintained two different places, even though we might've been living at his place. I still had my security Okay, just in case. You know, so those things can be expensive. (laughs) Those things can be, um, but it still shows the proof, the evidence of how divided I was because of what I had been through, Mm. you know? And the the guy before the last, whatever, (laughs) we we won't go go there, but as far as his, he must have asked me to marry him three times. Let's mm-hmm. go to the courthouse mm-hmm. tomorrow. And I'm like, when we first got together, I said that I don't know that I'll ever want to do it. And right. now, you know, I used to make fun of myself. Like I'm going to, the only way I'll get down the aisle is if someone drags me kicking and screaming. And even kicking and screaming, they can't be successful <laughs> it's just it's just not wow this is not the way <laughs> this is this is not the way the runaway bride you i mean you just can't make it down the aisle mm-hmm. you know I, i've been asked 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I don't know that I regret that I never took it, but like you, something you said earlier, um, you talked about how you don't know how your tongue, your silver tongue cuts into someone else until they tell you, you know? And I've been told, and I mean, you you know me. I, I've been accused of being the sweetest person in the world. And, uh, you know, I, I don't understand when they tell me, you know, that hurts me when you say that to me. Or that, you know, no one I've ever spoken to has ever spoken to me that way. And I'm like, wow, you know, you're, you insult me when you, t- like, I, I did not know. Right. I did not have a clue. But it, it was just, it's something that was in me. Mm-hmm. Um, because of what I've been through, because of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as the, the shacking up thing, it, it, it is a scary thing because even though you might think that you're protecting yourself by not getting this piece of paper, right? You're really not. You right. know, and there's someone else involved and they are hurt too when you you're not um you don't have the ability or the capacity or the want to mm-hmm. put them in their rightful place so that you can have the type of relationship that is ordained as holy. Exactly. Because, you know. Exactly. Um, Because our God is the one who instituted marriage. No matter what man has to say about it, 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 it's God ordained. And so we do know psychologically that relationships are always meant to progress. And you're absolutely right. If one has the heart to say, I want to go to the next level, and the other one continues to say no because of that preparation stage, I believe that marriage needs to be talked about more at a younger age. And it's true so that the hearts are prepared for such a serious uh, relationship and matter. Uh, Because again, marriage takes work. Marriage is a selfless act. And... um, where Cherie, you were sharing earlier in this last uh, topic where I was like, many women say that, where they're like, uh, I don't want to share everything with my spouse because if it doesn't work out, I have to have a nest egg to be able to take care of myself because I have seen on the movies, I have seen on the reality TV, I have seen even in my life where women come away from the table or the relationship broke and not able to take care of themselves. So as drastic of a truth that is, again, those who are in faith have to take God at his word. He is a good, good father. And that's not just the song, it's in reality. He's a good father, he takes care of his children. As the scriptures declare, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Especially if you have real friends and you have a family support around you. When we see one going through, there's no way we're just gonna allow them to go through and hey, hope the next time I see you or talk to you, you get it a little bit better or you're being a little bit better or you're doing a little bit better. That is not 
going to happen, especially on my watch. You need a place to stay, come stay with me. We'll make a, a, a space, even though you know we're working with a little bit, but I'm still grateful for what it is that God has blessed us with. You go, you're gonna have family saying, I don't mind you coming over here, or you know, I'm gonna cook for you. Uh, you know, I have friends and 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 other family that uh, we could put the word out that they're looking for a job. Whatever it is that you stand in need of, you have to know that God knows before your tongue can even say it. So you have to take him at his word. You have to believe in his promises that they are yea and amen and not allow this mind as the scriptures, again, going back to scripture, it says, lean not to your own understanding, but what? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path straight. So we have to do just that. I can't sit here and say, because of the movies, because of my experience, or because I've heard and seen through other people, I'm now gonna base my life this way. You have to be either in right alignment or you're not in alignment at all. You have to have a heart to go into that marriage to say exactly what those vows say. And if you can't commit to that, then that is a sign either more preparation needs to be done in my own heart or both of us need to be sitting before uh, the pastor who's gonna be you know, uh, doing the official, the officiant or being the officiant of the wedding. We need counseling. And before we commit to something so serious, because this is not to be played with, because God hates divorce, let us get this, you know, let's talk about this on this side. Because if we have to say on this side, it's been real, but this, you're not the one, you know, God bless you. I'd rather that be done that way than to be in a marriage for many years. And it was based on a lie. It was based on um, infatuation. It was based basically on lust, you know? Um, and again, even if those things, my listeners, if that is how your marriage began, please know God is greater. And when you commit your marriage to him, he is able to do a great work if you yield. Anything else, my dear Cherie, that you wanna talk about as far as, girl, do you have a light on at your house? Um, well, I'm using the outside light, but it's not that bright today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're getting darker over there as the sun goes I down. Know, I know. <laughs> you know, we're trying to pull it back together because of the construction we just had. <laughs> oh, there see. she is. Uh, one sec. No problem. <laughs> now you can't see me at all, right? Right. <laughs> Yep, do what you have to do. It's awesome that we're um, talking about this because we pray that someone listening to this podcast will um, definitely seek the help, seek godly advice before deciding uh, to divorce. We can see you, my beautiful sister. Thank you. Um, but as we keep pointing back to scripture and to um, our faith, salvation is basically very important when it comes to your life, to relationships, and to marriage. What else can you say in your life, Sharid, that salvation has made such 
a difference in the way you've done things and now the way you think, now the way you live? Um, I think that one important thing with salvation, even in the darkest places, God will find you out. Um, I was going through with an ex and um, his friend, they both into whatever they're into, but he, you know, chimed into our conversation and he said, you know, a house divided can't stand. Mm. And I was like, that Bible? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, I, I'm in this, this sinful place mm. and still um, God can find a way to get a message to me. You know, I might try to drown him out, but once he knows you, he knows you. Come on. And he knows how to call you home. And he knows who to use to bring you back home. You know, as a believer, you know, um, I know that he has ways to even reach those that are lost that don't know him. But, you know, the minute he, he knew your name before he put us in our mother's womb, you know, he has put an impression on us and he knows how to reach us. Yeah, so true. Praise God for that. Um, and it also shows true to the importance of having an ear to his voice because um, many times he'll send a lot of help, but maybe you're looking for help to come a certain way. But believe me, he's sending the help. So for you to have an ear to his voice to know this is the Lord rescuing, coming to rescue me in this dark place. I don't have to be in this dark place. That is why he stepped out of his marvelous light into darkness. That is why he went to Calvary. That is why he laid down his life for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day. He loves us so much. He loves us so much that, just like Cherie said, he will send encouragers your way just so that you're reminded about how loved you are. Thanking God that the agape love will always show you the type of love that you are in without him. Because there are many people out there today thinking they're in love. But believe me, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will experience the agape love, that unconditional love, and you will learn what true love is. And then you're able to see it outwardly in, in, in this world to be like, oh my God, here all this time, I thought I was operating in love. It was eros, you know, it was phileo, it was whatever. We want to be found in that agape love. Why? Because Romans 5, 5, tells us that same love that God has for us is in us now. And we're called to love one another in that same manner. So when we are talking about abuse that can lead to divorce, it will correct you, the abuser, to understand that is not love. Abuse, abuse of what God has ordained is not love. It will deliver you because he exchanges that stony heart for a heart of flesh, because now you see 
Not only do you stand in need of him, but others stand in need of him as well. So you're not gonna hinder that invitation that he has for others by living contrary to how he has called us as believers to live. It is so important to give your life to Christ so that your life can be impactful to the lives that you're around in relationships. It is key. And I pray that more and more people, especially those who are listening to this podcast, will take that to heart to understand that is what brings change into such a dark of a world. We have to be first partakers if we want to see change. Sister Cherie, it's been lovely listening to you. But before I go, is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with today on the topic of divorce or salvation or anything else that you may have on your heart? Hmm. As far as what decision a person can make today if they're found with, should I get a divorce? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. every decision that you make mm-hmm. should be geared towards, am I giving God glory? Am I giving him honor with my life? with the choices that I'm making, with the way that I'm living. Mm -hmm. If I am living in such a way that it's not, it doesn't mean that the marriage has to end, but it does mean that you have to get in right relationship with him so that you know what you should do. Mm. You can't know it without guidance. And as we said before, you need help. Right. if you just look at the condition of your life, mm-hmm. if it's not pleasing unto God, you need help, whatever decision that you make, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge you, you know? Mm-hmm. And God, he He has a, a way of making things pure. Right. Making things holy. And he can use what you're going through to do just that. Right. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for reminding us all to know that don't move until you hear the voice of the Lord, basically. Don't make a decision without seeking the heart of God. Again, stand in right godly counsel. If you don't know, believe me, surround yourself with godly counsel and do not move until you hear the voice of the Lord to do whatever it is that you're being told or basically called to do. Because like Cherie said, I'm not gonna be your judge. She's not gonna be your judge. But he is the holy just God and you will stand in front of him and give an account. You wanna have his say so in the matter in everything, not just the big things, which we can say divorce or major transitions of life, But even the small things, we need to always be led by the spirit and not our flesh. Sister Cherie, I love you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. And hopefully we can talk again on another topic. But as for today, thank you for being on. Listen, talk to me. 
you did a great job. Amen. <laughs>